the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Folks, it's time for our segment, Politics This Week, with me, Managing Editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. His name is Justin Katz. Justin, I want to start off. I was uh, I actually covered this defund the police rally. The uh, protesters, they, they were... Um, talking about the governor at the rally. And uh, they also were criticizing her for not supporting them more, for defunding the police. And then they ended up uh, in front of Governor Mundo's home on Sunday night, very brazenly, as a matter of fact. In fact, they were even uh, like up on the porch and checking the door. And I'm not, I'm not sure the governor was home. But let's just start off with uh, your reaction to that, and is it fair game to then go to um, a politician's home? I know uh, the same group, or I believe some members of the group, a couple, about three weeks ago, they went to uh, Mayor Lorz's house on a Sunday night, same thing. But well, let's uh, start off with this group and um, going to the governor's home. Well, this is... Um... This has been a growing tactic of progressive groups. I mean, a couple of years ago, it was, I, I believe, over a, a gun or immigration issue. Um, there was a group that went to the home of a, a legislator who was, who was not in agreement with them, you know, going on his lawn, putting signs, making a big pile of stuff, sitting on his porch. Um, that seems to be a new acceptable approach to progressives. Uh, and I, I, to me, it's an indication that the, the authorities who ultimately back them are not going to tighten down on this kind of behavior. They're, they're going to accept it because they, they, the deal works out better for them. And so you do get a small, a small number of incidents where they go to so the home of somebody who's probably relatively friendly to their cause, like Governor Raimondo. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's theater. It's a quick way to get some, some attention. And it's, it's not something the politicians are inclined to, to crack down on, I don't think, because... As I say, they'd rather have these shock troops out there because you know, most of the time they're going after people who, who say the governor disagrees with. You know, what's interesting, Justin, was, um, and not to be a broken record, but again, uh, I was there at this defund the police. Now, they talked about uh, time front of the riot. They talked about burning down the city. They were talking about that there were two officers in a, in a like celebrating way that there were two police officers in Texas that were killed over the weekend. Um, so rioting, uh, burn down the city, uh, more than defund the police, harm the police. And yet, um, and yet uh, one of the local, again, local television stations said, you know, it was, uh, it was a peaceful rally. It was music and dancing. And um, 
I, I Justin, I, I just start to get the feel that they, they're not actually listening to what's being said. They just they almost like they go by the press release of it. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's been uh, that's been pretty common in recent years. I mean, there was one shortly after the last election. It was a big a rally of progressives at the state house, and the coverage was very, you know, expressing their frustration and peaceful rally. And if you watch the videos that progressives put up from the rally, it was you know, calling people white supremacists for, for moving to the suburbs or using a, a suburban school and, you know, it was and very aggressive and hostile. Uh, and it, it wasn't covered. And again, it's, it, I think the, it, it shows a level of agreement between the, the news media uh, and, and the, the crowds they are going to tell us, they're going to report it as they wish it, as they think we want it to have been. They're not going to report it as it was. And you, I mean, you, you've been notably going to a lot of these things re- recently uh, and, and very helpfully filling the void in that. Uh, it does make you wonder, it does make you wonder if, uh, if rallies are always kind of like this from progressives. So the, the, the mainstream news is, oh, this is just how they talk. I, that may be part of it, but it, there does feel like there's this level of, covering up the worst aspects. I mean, for example, I, I noticed over 4th of July weekend, a number of stories uh, in the area about people who were setting off fireworks. And in New Bedford, we, we got, I think it was WPRI posted the mugshot of a guy who attacked a police officer who responded to a, a call. Uh, but, but it was cast as almost like these dangerous fireworks people uh, attack, attacking police. I still don't know the name and certainly haven't seen the mugshot of the, the guy who attacked a police officer at the Black Lives Matter rally in Providence. That's right. not covered. So what you get is this this construction of the narrative to present, you know, the mostly peaceful protest. And as you said, I think on your website, yeah, peaceful protest talking about burning down a city and killing police. Yes. I mean, at what point? Talking about at what point? I mean, I've been joking that it's it's kind of they they march down the streets shouting no justice, no peace, and then you look at the headline as peaceful rally. Well, they're pledging no peace, but I mean that's kind of a funny word game. But I think it's representative. There's they're just oh what what threats, what violence that's not going on in these things, and that's that's uh, that delocution of mostly peaceful really does a lot of a lot of work covering up what these rallies are really about um especially just before we move on uh, uh, you know uh, the uh, pacific northwest portland portland oregon they're they are on on day 45 of non-stop they've had protests every single day for the past 45 days as much as certain other cities have maybe uh, taken a break and then and they remain very intense we're uh, you know uh, there was a protester injured because the police then throw canisters, but they're, uh, they have active members of Antifa in the community in very, very aggressive, beyond aggressive violence towards uh, police. But uh, I also noticed, look how that, you know, as you think of it, that's not getting covered. Uh, that's not getting covered in the, the mainstream media anymore, where you would think that, you know, in the past, if this were like a right wing militia, I think. Uh, the, the, the media would be camped out there and they'd have, um, you know, different coverage of it daily to show, look at these right wing nuts and how they're, you know, day 45 going at it, much kind of like, you know, the situation with David Koresh and Waco. But Portland, Oregon, is, uh, it, it is just amazing nightly violence towards the police. Right. Well, and then you had the what, Chaz or Chop or whatever in, in yes. Seattle where they took over some some blocks of it. Uh, that that it, that was news. I you know it's hard to tell now. You don't if you get your news from aggregator sources or, or feeds, it's hard to tell where it's coming from. But it seemed like most of the coverage I saw came from more conservative sites. Uh, but you had people being beaten up and killed and it wasn't that daily. In fact, when when it, the police finally moved in and broke it up because because of deaths in the area, uh, it, some of the coverage I saw was almost, oh, police break up, <laughs> break up this this event almost. It, it almost seemed like a, you know, not something, fine, police finally restore order. Uh, and it's, it's really, as, as you suggest, it's a presentation of a narrative. This, for the, for the progressives and the news media, this is no longer a helpful story. And so we're going to put it aside. And now we'll go back to talking about the coronavirus and we'll blame, blame Florida for having a lot of cases or that kind of thing. It's almost, it's, it's this bounce back and forth and whatever, whatever the 
the talking point needs to be, uh, then I and you know I, I kind of wonder if now we'll we'll swing back toward covering some of the the Black Lives Matter protests because the president wore a mask. So that okay, we've taken that issue off the table for a little bit. Let's go back to back to this other uh, narrative we're building up to make everybody feel insecure. It, it, the the lack of balance starts to really make you question what what you're being told. Justin, um, of Governor Raimondo, uh last week, uh, a real political insider, Dan Connors, was in the state Senate. He was um, uh, young, but he was also very friendly with, uh, with at the time, Senate President Joe Montabano, uh, real worked his way into being a political insider, then landed a job as a senior advisor to Governor Mundo. But last week, Narragansett, he was uh, over near um, Galilee, I guess, right around there, Fisherman's uh, Park, and was riding the breakdown lane, got pulled over, and got nailed on a DUI. And he submitted his resignation to Governor Mundo the, uh, the next day. And I asked her about it, and she uh, she was very clear that that type of thing is unacceptable in her administration. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on on that turn of events. Well, it, my first thought is it does seem like our political insiders get jammed up for for driving under the influence at, at a disproportionate rate in Rhode Island. So I, I don't know. Maybe it goes back to that thing. They're all drinking all day at the legislature and they, they pick up bad habits. But, um, I, you know, I, I, part of me is thinking this that she pushed him out pretty Easily. I mean, I checked his salary on the transparency site. He's making, was making $170,000 a year or just under. Uh, and it may, what was he doing for that money that was so, so of so little value that getting jammed up on a DUI, you know, not while working, while over the weekend uh, is enough to just, okay, he's gone the next day. Uh, it, it really is. That That's kind of a, I don't know if, if I knew of a, if an employee in my company as a private company had a DUI and there it's an extremely valuable employee who's making six figures, I, I don't know that, I mean, is he so easily replaceable that you can just brush him off like that? And his willingness to do it, I think also indicates part of the, the game here is we all know, all right, so you're going to have to go out of my administration because I can't have the political liability, but Rhode Island's insider system has, has jobs lined up for you. Uh, so, um, and we have experience with this with legislators getting, in fact, DUIs and going to work for labor unions or or activist organizations and building back up that way. So I, you know, I, it's almost like they they know you'll be okay. We've got jobs lined up for you. I just can't have you in my administration. Um, and so that's that's kind of like the the cynical cynical take that I end up with when I when I see a story like this. Well, she certainly sent a message, and you just wonder. You know, if this had happened prior to her visibility, her the press press conferences that being talked about in the national press, um, you know, prior to the pandemic, if you're then just a second term governor, um, I, I, I was actually surprised this day and age. You'd think that he would then uh, claim that he had a problem and uh, he's then going to seek treatment for it. And then suddenly he's a victim uh, and then even brave for admitting that he's got a problem. But. Boy, he was shown the door very, very quickly. Well, let's see where he lands on this. It is someone who, um, you know, her political star is definitely on the rise. Um, and also, I guess in the arrest report, he was identifying that he works for the governor. He was saying to the police, can we make this thing go away? Um, it was uh, definitely someone he tried. He tried to flash. <laughs> do you the, know who I am? A, <laughs> do you know who I am type of badge, yeah. but um, it just did not work. Folks, coming up, uh, we will talk about the General Assembly uh, testing and a lot more. He's uh, Justin Katz, managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. A lot more ahead right here. Politics this week on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. 
You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel certified soft wash let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look right now spring is the time you can text jared free same day text estimate 401-617-2585 they have a great facebook page bethel certified soft wash let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home the side of your home on your pavement on your patio maybe it's on the basketball court Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great Facebook page. Jared, the before and after pictures are just incredible. What your home could look like or your garage, your property, with Bethel Certified Softwash Power Wash. Now, Jared, he came to our house. Folks, it looks brand new. Get rid of, you know, it just happens. You build up some of that algae and mildew, and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime. Bethel Certified Soft Wash Power Wash, especially now we're spending more time outside. You want your house and property to look the best it can. Jared did a fantastic job. My neighbors are saying, my goodness, Juan, look how beautiful your house looks. It looks so clean. My kid said, Daddy, it's like the house got a bath. I said, it did get a bath from Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401 617 2585 find them on facebook it's bethel certified soft wash it's going to make your property your home your deck your walkway any outdoor surface he can get rid of it as far as the algae mildew gets rid of it with a very safe solution it's bethel certified soft wash We're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment, folks, is uh, politics this week. Justin, it's uh, it's so unusual, but here it is. It's July, and the General Assembly is coming back into session. I think it's going to be pretty hot in there with their uh, plexiglass, like a penalty box at a hockey rink, and then there's no AC in the uh, in the state house. But um, they are coming back this week. Your thoughts on that, and what exactly they're looking to accomplish? Well, when I look at the slate of, I mean, it's been a, we've had a big absence from the General Assembly, just essentially letting the governor do whatever she wanted uh, with this pandemic. So maybe we could excuse that as it was an emergency, a crisis, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But she's still going. (laughs) She's still issuing orders. I saw in, you know, she she says she's cracking down on businesses, but I, I saw in one news report, she did not say how much the fines are or will be yet. So this is the kind of governments we're getting. Uh, and it's not clear to me that we have an emergency situation anymore. It's a crisis, but not necessarily an emergency. And that's not on the General Assembly's list, as far as I can see from any, any reports I'm seeing. They're not coming back in to represent the people on an ongoing basis. Here are the new regulations we're going to debate and implement to uh, control what the governor can do as a single executive. Instead, they're coming back to what talk about the the IGT casino deal, uh, removing the state's uh, province penalizations from the name of the state, uh, something about ballot voting in an emergency, and 
maybe raising standard for nursing homes, but there's a there's a lot of governance that our legislature is supposed to do. Uh, and the crisis doesn't make that go away. And I, that's what strikes me. And I think we're coming into an election year and there's so many unknowns with the virus. Nobody wants to take responsibility and say, okay, I'm a representative. Here's what I'm hearing from my constituents. And so here's how we're going to tell the governor she cannot do X or she has to do Y. Uh, and that, that's what's really striking to me. It's almost like they're coming back to wrap up a few things that are either politically helpful or, you know, just must-dos from an insider perspective, like the IGT deal. And, and that's about it. Meanwhile, they're they were just waiting on hold till they find out how much the, the federal government's going to bail them out for the budget. Uh, but I, I really don't see them doing what I think they ought to be doing right now, which is laying down the law with the governor. You know, what's also interesting is the whole thing of the, you know, should we change the state name, take away Providence Plantation? I, I mean, I don't have a problem. They want to put that on the ballot. Uh, I, it makes, I, I really feel, uh, I just, I don't, it's not a strong point for me. I'm not willing. It doesn't, I don't have a feeling on it really one way or the other. If they want to change the state name, that's fine. But the amount of time that they're going to waste having speeches and motions and everything else on uh, all just political theater just to get it on the ballot is, is the part that I just find just a complete waste of time. Fine. Put it on the ballot. Let the people vote. I, I don't think they're going to like the vote. It came, went down to feet last time. Uh, but to me, they, they, no matter how serious things are, and this is about as serious as things you can get right now, um, they, they just can't break out of their own ways that everything is just like a dog and pony show and uh, playing to the cameras of Capital TV. Yeah, and I think that's the incentives we've created for, for our legislators, and that, that's a shame. I mean, to me, the, the big thing with Providence Plantations, as you say, the, it went down. Last time that people had to say it went down. By a lot. It wasn't even, a, it wasn't close. Let's just say that. Uh, and now the governor has just essentially for her offices just waved it away and said, no, that's as far as I'm concerned, that, that's not the name anymore. I'm going to change everything I can to make it just uh, state of Rhode Island. Uh, that's the kind of thing the legislature ought to be coming up and sort of defending its own authority and the authority of the people uh, to do that through a constitutional uh, convention or a vote on the ballot uh, there and that's where they're really falling down in fact they they followed suit and the leadership essentially just said okay yeah we're going to change the state's name on our own stuff too that's what ought to be debated but unfortunately we don't have the the political conditions where uh, i don't even even if people strongly felt uh that we should the people should get a vote even if legislators strongly felt that it'd be somewhat perilous to to stand up for just the process of letting people vote i mean you could you could quick see it quickly all the local news media would jump on it uh you know such and such a republican representative said you know not to change the name and then that would could potentially become a national story of uh, become the face of racism in a country or something like that and that's kind of the conditions we're under and that's that's really a shame but so instead we're going to get a lot of a lot of grandstanding um, last time this came up, what, what struck me was the representatives who, I think it was Jablinski from Bristol, <laughs> was saying, you know what, I've never gotten more calls than I've gotten telling me to oppose the name change, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to support the name change. So it's, <laughs> it's almost like the, the grandstanding in opposition to your own, <laughs> own uh, constituents. Uh, but yeah. that's what we'll see. We'll see a bunch of that. We'll see real pleas and personal stories from from some of the representatives and maybe we'll get a little bit of a Republican or two saying, you know what, this just isn't the process. Let's just put it on the ballot. Other people vote. Um, we don't need a grandstand, but, but it won't be a very strong push. And it's, yeah, it's just theater and it's not what they should be doing. They should be guiding the governor to follow the rules of our constitutional Republic. Justin, I'd like to also, um, and folks, again, uh, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is politics this week. So, Justin, um, another example, and I know it's going to seem like I'm complaining about the media, but there's twofold here because uh, I'm also going to compliment one member of the media. But um, the governor of Monday did a story in Politico, and um, there was a story, excuse me, about the governor in Politico. And as you can imagine, again, someone was working overtime. It's a it's a flattering fluff piece. But in the story in Politico, the governor says that 25 percent of the state have been tested. 
And what was striking to me was an investigative reporter, investigative reporter of Channel 10, applauds the governor on social media. Isn't that fantastic? That's my governor. That's exactly. Look at that number. That's so impressive. Meanwhile, Eli Sherman of Channel 12 says that doesn't seem right. He does some digging and finds out that it's 16 percent of the population. And what we found out was was that let's just see if Justin Katz tests uh, or anyone. But you I'm using you as an example. You test positive for the virus. And then after that, you have to be tested several times until you test negative. Well, they are counting every single test. So one person could end up being tested four times. Or if you work at a hospital, you could be tested five times. Well, they were testing. They were using that number. Now, that is not testing 25 percent of the population. That was just with a million population. That means you did. 250,000 tests, which I believe is what they, the number they're saying, um, but that is not 25% of the population. What was striking to me was it took that comment to a national publication to flesh out how they're using the numbers, but again, the, dis uh, the discrepancy of one investigative reporter you know, saying, oh, look at that. Isn't she unbelievable? And then someone else saying, huh, that seems a little bit high. And then getting to the real number, which is closer to 16 percent of the population. Well, it's it's Rhode Island is nice because we've got roughly a million people. So it's, it's pretty easy to, to estimate the math on this stuff. And I every pretty much every day I check the state's uh, spreadsheet online of, of COVID cases. Uh, and all of a sudden last week they added total tests before they were saying total people tested, which, uh, as Eli Sherman reported, is about 16% of the population. Uh, and the so I, I think it's my impression is the, the governor has, you know, it's the kind of thing you see politicians throw out in a speech or something, you know, when they're live. They'll say things like, oh, we've tested 25% of the people and, and and then they move on and nobody, you know, it sort of floats out there and, and people get the impression, but nobody checks on it because it's just, you know, live action speaking. Uh, it's almost like the governor has been too successful uh, with her PR people getting her national stories and and she slipped and overstated it a case and now they've, they've got to backfill. Uh, but but if actually, if you go back and search a few weeks ago, it was Rhode Island first first uh, state to test at least 20% of population. So this is something she's been talking about. And it, you know, it's, it goes along with, with her use of data since she's been in office. Before it was unemployment numbers. Uh, oh, we have this many new jobs. Well, you know, you've got to turn your turn upside down and squint and, and cut out this. And you're only looking at private sector or public sector jobs. And, and there you go. That's how I get to this, this bold statement. Um, but this one's striking because it is so obvious or should be to anybody who's following the data. It's you've, you've got a total number of people tested and it's not 20. All you have to do is the math of a million people and it's not 25%. Uh, but that's, I mean, you're entirely correct that it's, it's, it took national attention to this. And even that some portion of the local news media was willing to applaud and say, we're doing a great job here. And I, I think it's, it's a good reason why, why people are, are, increasingly skeptical of what they're seeing in news. Uh, and, and I will say that, boy, that Eli Sherman at Channel 12, he, um, and I, I give Channel 12 credit. They've really dug in on it. They take the numbers very seriously. And, and you need that type of watchdog. That to me is when local media, uh, media in general, but um, journalism, that is you keep the checks and balances because if anyone's thinking of inflating numbers in that way or misrepresenting, regardless whether or not what the intent is, they make it, it acts as a deterrent. You think twice because in this case, and again, I give them credit, it's under the guise of, but Eli Sherman of Channel 12 will probably pick up on that. And he did. Folks, well, um, you know, up, got, go ahead. The, the, the thing with that, I, you know, I've actually gotten the impression that. Channel 12 in recent months has been making a play for the top news TV spot. Oh, and to yeah. me, to me, they've been actually going a little bit too far 
uh, in coddling the governor and trying to curry her favor. For example, with Eli Sherman's data in particular, for weeks and weeks, he was reporting the number of deaths on the day they were reported. So his chart was showing deaths going up or going, at least not going down, whereas every day they were going down. And I would email him and tech and message him and say, that's not right. You're, you're mis giving a misleading picture. And he would write back, you know, disagreeing. Finally, they changed it to show deaths on the day that they were uh, being, uh, that they were Reported. being, they, they, well, finally, they changed it to, to show it when they were happening, which is what you really okay. want to know if you're trying to find what the trend is. Uh, so there's, the, uh, it's not, it's at least a mixed picture with Channel 12, I think. Folks, uh, coming up, we are going to talk about the lieutenant governor petition, uh, schools in the fall, and also a threat of a beach crackdown. It's all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show with Politics This Week with Justin Katz. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 336 7801 MEGA MEGA professionals 508 336 7801 maybe if you need workers maybe you have workers that won't come back to work you need drivers certified help part-time full-time maybe weekend work you need the professionals at MEGA professionals let them find the workers for you they screen them all out they send them right over to you serving Rhode Island Massachusetts call them today 508 336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508 508- Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water. And they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294 2400, a Rhode Island family business since 1986. You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305 3585. 305 3585. Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's my health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like a kai berry, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. And it's my health. At 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, you're going to find over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. And folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking and it's so healthy for you and your family, plus hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in, swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You're listening to the John DePietro Show with me, Justin Katz, managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. Our segment is Politics This Week. Justin, across the nation, you're hearing more and more about the mask wearing. Um, and, and, it, and it is interesting to me that it, it has become one of those issues. There are some people that smoke, even though you shouldn't smoke. There are people that won't wear a seatbelt and really were resistant to seatbelt laws because they just don't wear a seatbelt. There are people that won't wear a motorcycle helmet. And now it has just become this thing of, I will not wear a mask. Uh, yet around the country, you really hear this drumbeat 
that the uh, keys to trying to get out of this whole pandemic are social distancing and masks. What do you make of the fact that the mask, it was also a huge deal over the weekend with President Trump finally in public, uh, to Walter Reed wearing a mask. But what do you make of the uh, political divide with the mask? Well, it's like everything these days, it has become, as you say, political. And it, so therefore, it's, you're not allowed to just make a different decision. It has to be a statement. Um, over the weekend, I actually saw a, a Facebook post uh, promoted by somebody local of relative prominence politically. Uh, and it was a story of some guy in Texas who had put up a social media post saying, I'm not going to wear a mask. And then a, a month later died from the disease. Uh, and, but that's the level we've gotten to where, where people are promoting the story of some guy's tragic death because he was on the other side of, uh, of the mask wearing issue. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those areas where I think we're being poorly served by the, the narrative of the, the news media and the political class, because there are legitimate points to be made. It's not a, an open and shut. Uh, and you also are getting uh, people uh, way, going way overboard on the enforcement of the masks. So, you know, the, the cliche has become, or the meme has become calling, to call them Karens. You know, they're people who report you um, sure. to, to police. In fact, the, the most egregious story, and of course, it's all anecdotal at this point, but was um, one guy was in a Costco and, and some woman was filming him and yelling at him and he told her to go away kind of brusquely. Somebody else filmed that and a guy was, was let go from his job. Uh, we, we've gotten into a really crazy place uh, in, in this country. But the, so to me, my impression is people should be using their judgment. And I think that goes, that goes through everything. Uh, and the, the beaches, the businesses, where the story has really gone away from here are our fellow citizens, what are they deciding and why, what's on people's minds. That's not new, the news anymore. The news is who's complying, who's not, why are you not complying? And it's, it's kind of a scary turn of events that we've seen with this, this virus. I think um. I think you're right. And I think also part of it is there was just initial confusion. I think there's legitimate confusion because the way I view it is in the beginning, they were saying not to get a mask because they wanted to preserve them and they wanted to make sure there were enough for first responders. But they should have moved into, therefore, people should use a face covering. But I will see sometimes you'll see a picture of a woman sitting alone on a beach reading a book and she's got a mask on. Now, that is someone who, although well-intentioned, or a man, I, I've seen a man uh, in my neighborhood. He's outside walking alone with the dog, and he's got a mask on. Um, you know, as much as it's been explained that you may want to bring a mask in case then you encounter someone that you're going to chat with, you don't have to wear a mask if you're sitting just alone on a beach or if you're outside walking your dog. But um, but people harp on this thing because i i believe in it i mean i i do believe in the distancing i do believe in the mask wearing i i don't care i i don't know how this thing got political but i'll hear people say well governor armando didn't wear it that night at the protest but but the same people that are saying that are the people that don't want to be controlled by the government so whether or not she wore it that night has no bearing on me but i believe that there's been um mis information and, and conflicting information presented to the public so then you're left with this divide of some people who well-intentioned but they wear it when they don't have to and others like you mentioned that person refused to and then they they wouldn't wear it uh, right. or they they won't wear it well I, I think it's it's not just the the confusing presentation i mean early on if you recall it wasn't just <clears throat> excuse me, uh, don't wear a mask because we're trying to preserve them. It was almost like the, the elites going right up to Dr. Fauci and, the, and the, Fauci and the administration. They didn't trust the public to make that kind of a, a judgment and listen. Instead, it was, oh, don't, the mask's not going to do you any good. Don't wear a mask. It doesn't do anything. Right. Uh, that was what we were told. And then all of a sudden, the need for the narrative change, you, you, it's, it's a little bit more than a feeling at that point that you're being manipulated. And that's yep. where I think the governor stepped in by going out in a crowd without it, because this this current was already there. Uh, and that's, I think, what makes it makes it so political. They were lying to me in whatever February or March when they were saying masks are not helpful. And now they're telling me they are. You know, Next month, is it going to be the other way? 
we're just it's it's you know 1984 the the novel with George by George Orwell. One of the things they would do is uh, there's we're not at war with this country. Now we are at war with this country. Oh, the, the chocolate's good for you. Now it's not good for you. It's all that stuff. Uh, it's really it's it's kind of always been around. It's like the sense of news bias was around in the 90s and, and early uh, 2000s. But now it's just beyond question. They, they will say whatever they think in order to control us like a herd. And I think a lot of people rightly respond to that. And I, I wish I saw a little bit more in a, in a general conversation. That's what I mean. We need. To, I wish I saw the news media and other political class saying, okay, why are you doing this? What are your feelings? I'm sure there's some legitimate point behind them. Instead, it's it's it all gets reduced basically to Trump. <laughs> oh, you're a follower of Trump because you don't wear a mask or you're skeptical of masks or whatever. And that's, it's really such a, a terrible reduction of our, of our politics. It is. I mean, if governor Mundo suddenly picked up the habit of smoking cigarettes, I, I'm not going to smoke cigarettes and say, I thought they were supposed to be bad for you. I guess now they're not. I mean, it, it has no bearing on my life. And the same thing goes for the president. Justin, do you think, feel, um, are we going to send the kids back to school in the fall? I, well, I think we'll have some, Something. I mean, there will be some degree of it. Uh, some of the some of the strategies I'm hearing just don't seem workable. You know, ten kids on a school bus, or you know, kids on one one week a month, and then they run through rotations. Uh, it's some of it just. I don't know. We're we're in that process that of that debate, and you know, you you see in the news it ought to be based on science, not politics. But that's kind of ridiculous. We 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 make these decisions by politics. And that just means that's how we balance all of the different considerations. So you do have people saying legitimately, look, my kids are not at high risk. I can't be home teaching them. I need to work to support my family. We need to figure this out. Uh, and on the other hand, you have people who are, have legitimate concerns. So we, we do need to work it out. Uh, I've seen a, a variety. I mean, you see the competing information. It was a, I saw a study uh, between Sweden and Finland where the differences of closing down schools are, didn't really make much difference because kids aren't getting that sick. On the other hand, you see the anecdotal stories around on Facebook of a, a teacher in Indiana, I think it was, uh, was doing summer school with a mask and she still died. Of course, she had all kinds of health complications beforehand. Um, so that's the battle we're going to have. I think it's going to vary from place to place. I do think uh, to, from what I pick up, the sort of the consumer sentiment of parents is there is a large market of people who want some kind of schooling in in school, uh, and I, I've picked, I've also gotten a sense that private schools are are well they've got more flexibility, so some of them are going to be trying to capitalize on that market. Uh, so I, I think that will be interesting. I think you'll see more people starting the homeschool figuring, well, look, if I'm going to, if I'm going to have to be doing this anyway, let me take it the whole way. Um, but, it, and it, but the schools will, will push to some extent, uh, but then you get the unions involved as we, we talked earlier on uh, in Massachusetts, where the union jumped right in on the, you can't open up uh, thing. Uh, so it's it's a complicated question. I think there will be schools, some degree of school, some degree in school, probably with overzealous uh, shutdowns, if, if anything happens. Uh, one indicator of that is the summer camps. There was a summer camp in Minnesota or Minneapolis um, where they've got 5,000 campers across a few different camps and 80 of them tested positive and everybody was, they closed down the camps and everybody said, well, this shows how you can't do anything. At the same time, not a single news report suggested any kid actually or counselor actually was sick, you know, in a, in a dangerous way uh, or at all. There was no reporting at all. It was just they tested positive. And I think we'll see a lot of that. We'll, we'll have to grapple with that as schools just doing testing happen to find somebody who is positive with no symptoms. And that's enough to shut down a school. I think it is a um, I, I I think they'll they'll be back in some form. I don't know about five days a week, but I, I I'll say this, though. It is a real threat and concern about a teacher. Uh, getting the virus from children who who are maybe asymptomatic and pass it along. I, I think that threat is real. And I think I'd be surprised if uh, we didn't get through the school year and there's some teacher and it could be an older teacher, but someone who um, 
who does come down with the virus. And I think that that becomes a different equation. Right. Um, that gets to the, the misallocation of resources that I, I in my opinion, yep. have done this all wrong. I mean, we've, we've shut down an economy, for example. That takes a lot of resources. We've been given a lot of people $600 bonuses per, per, week, per week to stay home, uh, who probably were at very, very little risk. We're what we should be doing, in my opinion, is, and this goes for schools, is focusing on the at-risk students and teachers and finding some way to help them make the right decision for them. So, okay, we've got an older teacher. Maybe she can stay home and broadcast into the classroom, you know, and we'll, they, we can subsidize a, an aide to be there to actually in person and keep control of the room or something like that. Or, you know, hiring, let that teacher take off and hire a temporary teacher to cover that spot because the regular teacher's at risk. Those are the kind of decisions we should be able to make. But just, just as with the mask, we're not able to make them because everything just becomes so polarized and political. And it's got to be all one way or the other. It's either we're opening up or we're, we're shutting down. We're not allowed to make different decisions. And I, I think that's detrimental. But I, I, it is a good point. I mean, uh, I'm trying to remember which podcast it was, but somebody made the suggestion, you know, it's the teacher, if it's the teachers who are at risk, why are we forcing the students out of the classroom? Let the teachers be the ones out of the classroom. Yeah. Um, that, that was an interesting point. I, I think it raises a good one. I mean, as I, that anecdote, I think out of Indiana, where the, the teacher was just a summer school, there were three teachers wearing masks all the time. We don't know if they you know, took them off when the students left or went out for drinks after work or whatever, but um, th she still caught it. So if you're at risk, you're at risk. Uh, but we can't, we can't take the minority of people who are at risk from this virus and apply uh, one rule for everybody based on that risk. It's just not, it's not how we run things, you know, we, that the flu can kill people, right? Uh, this, we just can't survive if, if everybody has to live as if they are the most at risk category. Folks, he is the uh, managing editor, OceansTakeCard.com. He's Justin Katz. Justin, great job as always. Uh, stay safe and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Keep up the good reporting out in the field there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Justin. AE Mazika Insurance Services. Call today. Free consultation. It's Scott and Alex, 401-353-9300. Folks, AE Mazika Insurance Services, located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. But you can call. Free consultation, 401-353-9300. They're licensed Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. It's very simple. They're going to help you and your family save money. And maybe it's on your home insurance or life insurance, business insurance, auto insurance, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Look for them on Facebook. They also have a great website. It's aemazika.com. Call them at 401-353-9300. What about if you save $200 a month? It's like giving yourself a raise. How about that? An extra $2,500 a year, maybe even more. And also, this time of year, make sure you're covered. Maybe it's for your motorcycle or your boat or jet skis or an RV, an off-road vehicle. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call them today, 353-9300-401-353-9300. Let them help you save money. It all starts with one phone call. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. Why not? Let them help you save money. Give yourself a raise. 401-353-9300. Look for them on Facebook and their website is aemazika.com. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401 431 2300 MEGA MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies? You can depend 
on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today, MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380. Remember now, Providence and North of Providence, I want you to try the 99.9 FM. 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Visit it, DePietro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world, you can listen while we're live on the air. And then right below that, on the dashboard, at the website, you'll see where it says Radio Show. If you ever miss any part of the show, you just click on Radio Show, and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DePietro Show. Johnson Propane, folks, stop in and see Phil Johnson. You can call him at 621-8129, located 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Now, right in front of Stop and Shop next to Wendy's, they're open seven days a week for all your propane needs. It's Johnson Propane. Propane tanks filled, plus they have tanks and supplies. Here's the thing with Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. They'll refill your Blue Rhino tank. Now, most of the time, if you bring it somewhere, they swap it out and they charge you 22 bucks. Not with Johnson Propane. Phil will refill that Blue Rhino tank for just $15. They're open seven days a week, right next door to Wendy's. Credit cards accepted. Nine to seven each day. Stop it and see Phil, and he never runs out. He's always backed up. Since 1971, you can depend. Johnson Propane. Bring in your propane tanks. Call them 621-8129. Better yet, stop in and see them. 904 Manton Avenue of Providence, right in front of the Stop and Shop. The guy is a legend, and right next door to Wendy's, it's Johnson Propane. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today, 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. Ryan's appliance repair. Now I like to tell the story. I don't mind, but one morning I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's appliance repair at 401-710-7096. We made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at at nine o'clock at five of nine. A truck appeared my driveway. It said Ryan's appliance repair. He came right in, fixed the driver, uh, dryer, excuse me, within five minutes. And then I think it was about two weeks later, I went to make a uh, microwave popcorn and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. And then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, Ryan offers a senior citizen's discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor, and he'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan, 401-710-7096.